everyone agrees, bacon makes everything better. Even marketing. This is the Bacon Podcast, where you'll learn to cure your marketing. And make your business. I can't believe I said that. Internet marketing. Online marketing. Social media tips and techniques. Now, to help you bring more bacon home, the master of marketing sizzle, Brian Basilico. This is the Bacon Podcast. Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Brian Basilico, and this is the podcast where you learn to make your business sizzle online. So are you ready to fry up some new business? Hey, peeps. I am uber excited. I have a great repeat guest. He is the man, the myth, the legend. His name is Phil Gerbishak. And Phil is down in Tampa, Florida, and he's loving life, man. How are you doing today? I'm fantastic, Brian. I am loving life, man. Tampa is glorious. I'm so thankful. Over 300 days of sunshine every year and lots of days at the beach. Yeah, I love Florida, man. Got some great golf down there. And uh, it's been a while. I'll have to come down and visit you one of these days. Please and absolutely come down, my brother. I will. I absolutely will. So if people want to learn about you, you are actually on episode 201 a while back. So go check out that episode if you want to learn Phil's backstory. But Phil is with a company called Digital Selling Strategies, and today we're going to talk about his selling strategy. So you've got some P's and some ABC's to bring to us today, right, man? We're not talking about the green P's, les sur. We're talking about P's as in stuff that you can do, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I I like to keep things simple. I'm a simple guy. I'm originally from Wisconsin. Not to give you too much backstory, like you said, you can get that in 201. But yeah, I, I like to keep things really, really simple. The simpler, the better, because simple gets done and complicated gets avoided. I agree with you, man. And I love systems. I mean, that's one of the things I built my life around, you know, even just doing this podcast. We're, you know, approaching the fifth... <laughs> We're approaching the 500th episode, and it's a matter of having a system that keeps that consistent. So let's learn yours. So let's talk about, you know, first, are what are the three P's? What are they? Well, the first P is prepare. Really simple, prepare, right? It makes sense. You got to prepare before you do anything. Then you got to practice. You got to get good. You got to get to the point where you have some mastery. And then the final P is all about production, all about producing those outcomes that you want. And I think it's not just a sales strategy, Brian, it's really a, a life strategy, but I think today we'll focus on sales. Well, that's perfect, dude. And, you know, again, you, the thing about sales is that sales is the art of persuasion. It's a matter of finding somebody who has a need that you can fill. And that works in anything. I mean, that works in the nonprofit world. It works in your life, you know, in general. So so let's dig in. Let's start with the first P, prepare. Let's talk about that. What do people need to do to prepare? Well, preparation starts with who you are. So if you're a salesperson, and I I believe that we're all salespeople, we have to prepare. So that means that we have to have a strong profile on LinkedIn or any of the platforms that our customers and prospects might be on. We might have to have a website. We might have to prepare by actually setting up an email capture form so that we can actually capture those leads and drive people somewhere. So that's the the preparation part. It's also if you're going to be on the phone, you have to think about So who am I going to talk to today? What's their position? What's their need? And I might not know exactly, but I better have done that homework because if I just call and say, hey, Brian, you want to buy a monkey? You're probably going to be like, "Uh, dude, I don't like monkeys. In fact, if you read my post on LinkedIn three days ago, I actually told you I'm allergic to monkeys. And then they hang up on you and trash you to all of their friends. Now, they might not do that publicly, 
but they definitely will let people know that, you know, that Phil Gerbyshek, he's trying to sell monkeys, even though I'm allergic to them. So that's pretty bad. So we have to prepare for those conversations. It's really, really important. Well, you know, if you've ever listened to the song, If I Had a Million Dollars, they ask the question, haven't you always wanted a monkey? I know, right? It's one of my favorite songs. And sometimes I do want a monkey. But sometimes we don't. Exactly. <laughs> I love that song, man. So anyways, and of course, everybody wants a million dollars. All right. So the next thing we're going to talk about is practice. Now, being a musician, I understand practice. Practice makes perfect. The more you work your scales, the better you get, right? So you can apply that to sales or anything, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I would say perfect practice makes perfect we have to do it right. We can't just practice because practicing the wrong thing over and over again just ingrains bad habits. We have to practice as perfectly as we can. But that means, for instance, like we did before this episode, how do you pronounce Gerbyshack? And it wasn't just that you wrote down Gerbyshack. It's that you actually said it a couple times. So you have to practice that. You have to practice what you're going to say. And I would tell you, in your emails, in your LinkedIn emails, in your messages to people, you have to practice them a little bit. Send them to yourself. See how they look. One of the things that I hate, 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 is when I get a personal email from someone and they forget to hit the merge, merge field that actually says my name. So, hey, first name. Well, um, my name is Phil. That, that, I guess the F and the PH, they kind of sound alike. But that's not me. If you'd practice that, you'd recognize that, you know, you have to hit the merge field or maybe you did hit the merge field and you set up those merge fields incorrectly so they're not actually populating. So practice, practice, practice. You got to say people's names. You got to make sure you know how to use the tool. If you're going to demo a piece of software, you're going to share your screen. You should practice using Zoom or GoToMeeting so you're actually familiar with the software so that by the time you get on, there's no glitches. By the time you get on, everything is working flawlessly. It's really important that you practice that and practice as perfectly as you can. That means maybe you practice with someone else or you practice on a person who can actually give you feedback. It's not like practicing in front of your dog. It's really practicing with people who can give you feedback who maybe you practice by finding someone that's already bought your product or service and having a conversation with them to get their feedback because that also may lead to some new insights that you didn't otherwise have that you can then integrate into your practice for the next time right before you get to the real thing. You know, and again, taking the musician side of things, I used to consider gigs, uh, even though we were doing them live and getting paid for them, I considered them paid practice. And the reason I called them paid practice is because every time you played a gig, you got a sense of how the audience responded to certain songs, at what time of the night, so how to sequence things. The bottom line with all of this is even doing it live is practice, but you've got to be willing to listen and learn and understand the feedback to keep your mind open. What do you think? I, I totally agree. I think that's really important that you mentioned sequencing and in sales, that's so important. A lot of sales is timing. So that means if you know that this message should come before this one, it's really important to send them in that order. It's not about skipping ahead, not about skipping to the end. It's all about the right sequence, listening to the feedback, making those modifications, and then being even better. But I totally agree. Even when you get to the last P and you're actually doing the work, and we'll get there in just a sec, even when you're doing that, that still can absolutely be considered practice for the next call. 
for the next email, for the next uh, social media interaction, for whatever, the next conversation, if you will. So absolutely, Brian, I think that's a really great point. Right. And that's one of the things that, you know, a lot of people on social media bring that up on LinkedIn and things like that. They post things, but they don't engage. They don't listen. They don't take feedback. They're not looking at things that people are saying, and they're not monitoring and measuring. And I think, you know, with practice, you have to measure. You have to figure out what's working, what's not working, what can you do better, and always be trying to improve what you're doing, right? Absolutely. The, this, the quest for constant improvement, as someone who is a recovering perfectionist, that quest for constant improvement is important. But by releasing the fact that you have to be exactly precisely perfect and just perfect enough, I think is really important. I think it's really important that we do listen to that feedback. We do uh, listen to what the customer says, what the prospect says, and then edit as we need to so that we can get even better next time. So continue to improve, measure, monitor, and then modify. Yeah, I love the fact that you're a uh, um, recovering perfectionist. I'm a recovering procrastinator, but I keep delaying trying to get my group together and, and see if I can make that happen. But it happens. Yeah, it does. So um, let's move on to produce. And we're not talking about the stuff you buy at the grocery store that has leaves and lettuce. We're talking about a different kind of produce. So let's do it. Yeah. So produce means you actually go for the outcome that you're hoping to get. And in sales, there's only one of two productions you want. Uh, you either want a no, which is the second best production, or a yes means that they buy. I don't really want a maybe. A maybe often wastes my time or delays that. Now, a maybe, I, I guess, could be a little bit better than a no, but ultimately, the no will lead me to another yes. So I either want yes or no, and that uh, production, that what I'm producing there is a desirable outcome. It is something that is somewhat final, right? After someone buys, um, they're usually good with that, unless you are a snake oil salesperson, in which case uh, you have other problems. But your goal there is to produce that. Now, sometimes you want to produce the next person's phone number. You want to produce uh, a relationship. You might want to produce more information. But to produce, you have to prepare because you have to think, what is my desired outcome? You have to practice. You have to get good at it. You have to make sure that you're comfortable with it. What am I going to say in a voicemail if I don't get that person? What am I going to say when I'm, they, if they actually answer the phone, at least the first part of my conversation, not to script completely, but to have it ingrained in your heart so that you know what that sounds like, what that feels like. What is it going to feel like when they say, yes, I'd be happy to go deeper with you and spend another 30 minutes or an hour with you. So absolutely, uh, you have to have that in your heart so that you can produce those desired outcomes. Because if you don't prepare and you don't practice, by the time you get to produce, you're going to be like blown away. Oh my gosh, really? They said yes? No, no. If you prepared and you practiced, the produce is really the desired outcome that you expected all along. It's one of two things, yes or no. Prepare for both of those. Practice what you might get if someone says yes or no, and then move forward from there. So one of the things I strongly suggest, at least once a week, is people take a shower, right? And uh, especially after working out. So th the thing that I'm hearing from you is kind of like when you take a shower, you usually wash your hair, which says lather, rinse, repeat, right? So is this prepare, uh, um, <laughs> is this prepare, practice, and produce something that you have to uh, <laughs> is this something that you have to lather, rinse? Let me do that again. 
Is it something that you have to lather, rinse, repeat, go through that process again in order to maximize the results? Absolutely. And to get to mastery, you absolutely have to lather, rinse, repeat. It's the same thing. You have to do this over and over again, remembering that even though you've maybe made 100 phone calls, 1,000 phone calls, 10,000 phone calls, in your case, Brian, even though you've produced now almost 500 episodes, you still have to prepare, you still have to practice, and then you still have to produce and deliver the goods. So absolutely, over and over again, Every single contact that you have, you have to prepare, practice, and produce. No shortcuts here, folks. No shortcuts because things may have changed. If you look and you see someone change jobs right before you talk to them, you got to take a step back and you got to re-prepare. You got to re-practice and then you got to reproduce. So absolutely, it's really important that you do this over and over again, each interaction, each time. And you know, I saw on the internet somewhere that said that Abe Lincoln said that if he had an hour to, to sharpen his pencil, that he would have spent uh, 47 minutes of that uh, preparing his, his pencil to be even sharper. Maybe it was his axe or perhaps it was his guitar. I'm, I'm not sure, but I read it on the internet, so it's got to be true. Absolutely. I love the picture of, of Abe holding his cell phone saying that. Uh, <laughs> so since we've been going down the music train, uh, you know, back in the 60s, I remember the Jackson 5, Michael Jackson, when he was a little boy, sang a song called ABC, Easy as 1, 2, 3. So you have an ABC on top of this, right? I sure do. Yeah, I have an ABC. Again, I like to be simple. So when I think about this, these kind of predate our three Ps, and they are attitudes, so how do we think? Our mindset, B is behaviors. Behaviors, really, really important. And then C is all about those conversions, conversions to new habits, new behaviors, new productions, new ways of doing business, new ways of making money. Okay, so let's talk about attitude first. What kind of attitude do people need? Well, to simplify, it's a growth mindset. And what by that I mean, you have to believe that you always have something to learn. You have to believe that everybody can teach you something and you have to believe that you don't know it all. So that attitude is really, really easy to cultivate when you have an attitude of gratitude. And that attitude of gratitude is really uh, something I practice every day. And that is, as soon as I wake up in the morning, I think about three things that I'm super grateful for just right now as I'm waking up, as I'm getting going. And they could be something as simple as, wow, I'm really grateful that I have a warm bed to sleep in. Or it could be something big like, you know, I'm really grateful that today I get to be on the Bacon Podcast. Anywhere in between that absolutely is important, but it sets that focus. So three things real quick that I'm grateful for because that then sets me in motion to think about the people I'm going to encounter, the things that I'm going to do today, the things that I want to achieve today. Uh, that's the, the biggest part of the attitude that I see that a lot of folks miss because they just run right into the day. And they don't really pause and think about, wow, today is going to be an amazing day. And here's just three little reasons why, even if everything else goes sideways, here's three little reasons why, or maybe they're big ones, maybe they're big ones, but often they're little ones, three little reasons why today is going to be the best day yet. Love it. Now, yesterday I went to Top Golf with my wife. And of course, she had fun, you know, just swinging the club, hitting balls. But for me, it's a little bit more serious because I'm a golfer. And one of the things that you're trying to get when you're golfing is muscle memory so that when you hit a good swing, it's like, how do I do that again? And I think that's what behavior is about. It's not so much muscle memory, but mind memory, right? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. It's all about training your mind to feel the right way when you do the right things. It does kind of come back to that prepare practice produce as well. But those behaviors, right, we have to set those in motion and we have to do them over and over again. Behaviors become habits. Now, not on day one and often not on day 10 and maybe not even on day 28. The the book, The One Thing by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan says it takes us 66 days to create a habit. Well, I would stretch that. If you are someone who is an entrepreneur or someone who believes they're in sales, I would stretch that to be 90 days. So you need one quarter of your year to create those excellent behaviors as a result of, for one quarter, having the right attitude. So now we get down to the final, which is C, convert. So what do we mean by taking you know, the attitude and behavior and turning it into a convert? Yeah, so to convert means that now it becomes a part of your daily life. You no longer have to really think about it, but you do have to be intentional about it. And what, do I, what I mean by that is you might realize that you need a better attitude. You might recognize that, but it, it's really, really conscious, right? It's the conscious uh, incompetence that we often have because if we think about it, right, it starts with inconscious incompetence. I don't know what I don't know. But the conscious incompetence gets me to the point where I'm aware that I'm not very good at this thing. I'm aware that I don't know a whole lot of stuff and I need to change. That's the attitude then and behavior that I build up. Then I become, you know, kind of consciously, uh, you know, consciously aware of that and I'm building that practice and then the conversion happens when I've converted that into my life, when I've made that a habit. So I made exercise a priority uh, in 2019, and I have converted myself to when I don't do it, I actually miss it, which is really strange. So uh, a couple years ago, I was actually 317 pounds, and then I got down to 257, and then I'd go back up to 280 and down to 250, and then I'd go up to 280 and back. So I yo-yoed, so I probably lost 300 pounds but it didn't show because I didn't lose it. I just just barred it to somebody else and then I took it back. So now though, that it's been a lot more time, now it is a conversion. Now when I don't exercise, I absolutely feel it. I absolutely miss it. And it's not because I'm, it's on my calendar. It's because I miss it because of how that makes me feel and because of the habit of doing it. And I think business is much the same way. If every day we prospect for business and we do that for 66 days in a row, 70 days in a row, one quarter in a row, we prospect hard. Now we can honestly say, yep, I've got some level of mastery. Now I'm going to continue to do this, but now I'm able to pick up one new habit, one new attitude, one new behavior and work on that. Because if I can change three or four things about my life, about my business, every year, year over year, my business is going to be freaking amazing. And if I don't and I stay stagnant, I'm actually running in reverse because my competition is getting better. So it's really important to think about those ABCs and converting that into the daily habit that I don't have to think so much about. Thoroughly agree. So one of the... Um one of the metaphors that I often use or have heard used is uh, chase one rabbit, eat dinner, chase two rabbits, and you don't eat. And so bottom line is what we're trying to do is change a rabbit into a habit. And I think the key thing about that is the word focus 
stands for follow one course until successful. So I think what most people do is before they get to success, they say, well, this isn't working, move on, you know. So how do you have that attitude to stick to what you're doing until you get it right? So to have that attitude, you have to focus, to your point, on the outcome. What is that conversion that I want? How do I expect to feel when I have that? And spend some time uh, visualizing what that is. So for me, I visualize myself not having to huff and puff up and down stairs every time that I walk them. Not, I visualize myself doing 25 push-ups. At the time, I could do two with help of a bench. I visualized the fact that I would be making those successful outbound calls. I visualized myself getting more connections on LinkedIn of the right people. I visualized myself, you know, I'm a speaker and a trainer, so I visualized myself on that stage delivering a remarkable speech that I had prepared for for a long time, that I'd practiced so long, and that then I'd produced this outcome even before I did. So visualization helps me a lot. It is almost like the unconscious practice that I know that will help me, but that maybe I don't have time to do because I'm on an airplane. Like last week I was on an airplane for almost 20 hours going to San Diego and back and then getting hung up in Atlanta uh, for, for an extra day. Um, so I spent a lot of time. I can't stand up on an airplane and deliver my speech, but I can close my eyes and really focus on what does that feel like after I deliver that speech? Okay, it feels really good. I feel powerful. I feel strong. I sit up a little straighter. I'm a little prouder. And then I go into the practice mode in my head. I think about each of the points and I look at, uh, then I open my eyes and then I look at the PowerPoint. I look at the slides and I really think about what's the point that I want to make. So visualization helps me a lot. Phil, this has been awesome, man. And I think that people get a lot out of this, but people always want more. So if they want more, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Well, if you want to reach me, the easiest way would be to find me on LinkedIn. If you can spell Gerbyshack, you can find me. It's G-E-R-B-Y-S-H-A-K. Or you're listening to this podcast. So check out my podcast, Conversations with Phil, wherever you're listening to this right now, and then just search for it. Put it in your favorite podcast catcher engine, put it in Google, go to conversationwithphil.com or just put in Conversation with Phil and you'll find me. Phil, I love it, man. Well, thanks for coming on, dropping some sizzle and hot bacon knowledge bombs on my peeps, man. I look forward to having you on again soon and coming down to Tampa and uh, maybe going jogging with you, brother. Awesome. That'd be great. I'd love to see you, Brian. Well, that's it for today's Bacon Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and learned something today. If you did, please go to iTunes and give us a review. We appreciate all your feedback and comments. If you have any questions, go to www.baconpodcast.com forward slash questions, and we'll make sure we get those answered for you. Till next time, keep sizzling. Keep sizzling.